0: Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop
1: Roofing has you covered. Welcome to the Carolina Contractor Show with your host, Donnie Blanchard. Brought to you by GAF, the world's largest roofing manufacturer. We protect what matters most. And Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply in Raleigh, a roofing supplier with a different approach.
2: Welcome to the Carolina Contractor Show. Hope you're having a good weekend. My name is Eric Smith, and with us, as usual, the host of the Carolina Contractor Show, Sure Top Roofing's very own Donnie Blanchard. How are you, Donnie?
3: Man, I'm on top of the world. I just had tacos
2: for lunch, so I'm sitting pretty over here. Oh, man, tacos. Did you bring any for me? I'm so sorry I didn't. Once again, never thinking of the little guy over here pushing (laughs) on the button and making you sound good, but I could accidentally turn off your microphone. Oh, please. Yeah, sorry they can't hear you. It's all... If you want to learn more about the Carolina Contractor and how poorly Donnie treats me, go to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. Anything about your house, the inside, the outside, the roof, the walls. We pick topics every week to talk about that will relate to your house. Today, we'll be talking about ways to stay more healthy or healthy mm-hmm. sure. or healthier. On last week's show, we are talking about home maintenance items you can spot from the ground. And Donnie gave examples when you pull up to a client's home, Just when Mm -hmm. you hit the curb, you can look at the roof and notice things
3: that are wrong. Algae on the roof tells you that that's a north side, and that may be a problem. You know, the chimney's a good indicator. You see the stuff we talked about, efflorescence, that white chalky stuff on the chimney, and you can tell all sorts of things when you pull in the driveway.
2: We also talked about designer shingles, which you Mm -hmm. also do, for sure, top roofing, correct? Yes, sir. What was the website for that? Designershingle.com, no S. And also Net Zero Houses, which is not a house at zero, but... Kind of the equivalent yeah. of living off the grid? Basically, it
3: produces enough energy to cover all the utilities that it would generate. Yes, sir.
2: Yep. Get details again at the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. But Donnie, you sent a link to me. You wanted to share it with the listeners. And what was that?
3: Yeah, I've got some stats here, but I don't remember exactly what it said. It was something to the effect of about two in five people have to Google the simplest of activities or tasks around a house. And that got my attention because it screams job security for me. But <laughs> yeah. um, so what would be examples of tasks that? People Google. Um, I think it had a statistic here. It said 43% said they don't know how to unclog a drain. And I 40- do. Yeah, right? M80. You've been doing the show for a year, so you're supposed to. Um, only about 25% of people said they knew how to install a drywall anchor. It's kind you of- know, the other day... Uh One of my friends for Christmas, he got a
2: big screen TV and was uh-huh. putting up a TV mount. Right. And he said, I never know why they put these little plastic things in with a pack
3: of screws. <laughs> and I'm it. like, yeah, we need to start over on mounting your TV. Right. Well, a pretty big percentage, around 40%, said that they could not stop a running toilet. Um I've never seen a toilet run, have you? Mm-hmm. I've uh, seen them walk. Right out of the house. Mm-hmm. Um The uh 38% said that they needed help by Google to find a stud. All and, you have uh, to do is say, is Eric here? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, another thing they said is that age is also a factor. Eighty-five percent of the survey participants over the age of 65 said they can accomplish most of these things without Google, and that's because they came along before the Internet was a thing. So makes perfect sense there, but it also says that folks are relying on the Internet as a resource to get some of these tasks around the house done, and who knows if what you're reading is the correct or the best way to do it, but if that's your only resource, I, I guess it's either that or call a contractor
2: hmm. I will use YouTube to help me with a mm-hmm. small DIY project around the house, but I don't necessarily use it like I don't know how to do this. It's more of a confirmation that I'm taking the right steps or mm-hmm. maybe someone's found an easier, more efficient way to right. do it.
3: Right. I think you mentioned earlier when we talked about this, that uh, somebody said that they use the Internet only as a checks and balance. So they right. they know how to do it pretty much, but then they just check uh, behind themselves as, as a way to make sure they're doing it correctly. Another thing that I thought was neat is how they broke this down into categories for what people searched. Uh, I was talking to a gentleman yesterday, and he said that he was going to get his plumbing license because plumbers are in high demand right mm-hmm. now, and you know they're one of the highest paid subcontractor trades out there. And so I thought about him when I read these stats, but they said 1,100 people, this is all per month, 1,100 people searched the information on how to fix a leaky faucet. Another 7,200 search how to unclog a drain, also a plumbing problem. So mm-hmm. the top two search results both yield work for a plumber. Uh, 4,100 Look into how to find a stud. You just mentioned mm-hmm. insert your own <laughs> stud joke here. <laughs> um, less frequent searches they had were how to stop a running toilet, about 1500 per month, how to patch a drywall hole, 300 per month, how to install a drywall anchor, only 150 per month. But, um, these same researchers said that homeowners spend an average of $10,000 per year. And that was a study done in 2018. So, you know, getting familiar with some of these things around your house or knowing what to look for or just the best way to approach it can save you what could accumulate to be thousands of dollars. I think we said a while back, everybody has this idea. I want to make money from home. And if you look at some of these things, like you're going to spend money on a professional, if you can't do it yourself, it's we, we labeled that as make money with your home. So Mm -hmm. things that we preach about with uh, the upgrades in your HVAC and your insulation, some of these things have a pretty quick payback. And when you look at the big picture of a 30 year mortgage, a lot of this stuff will actually put money back in your pocket. So that's what got my attention about this. And And I think if you have something that's a minor task or a DIY, I task, you know, we've pretty much got a show for just about everything Mm -hmm. from the basement to the roof there. So if you want to scroll back through our previous shows, there's usually something in there that would would probably be helpful to you. Exactly.
2: Now, one thing that costs people a lot of money and businesses and corporations a lot of money is sick days when people are out of work, kids are out of school because of colds and stuff. Mm -hmm. And we don't realize that sometimes we usually blame it on other people's kids. Mm -hmm. Oh, your kids got mine sick or (laughs) I picked up from a buddy at work. You can sometimes pick it up from your own house, especially this time of year. And that's the topic of today's show is how the indoor air quality that changes in the winter, mm-hmm. how it can affect you and ways that you can keep yourself less likely to right. get sick.
3: Well, we preach and somehow this works its way into about every other show about the importance of insulation and the R values that should be in the walls, the ceiling, the floor and just what's code, what's recommended and the differences there. But um, you don't think about. In the summertime, you're a little more loose with your doors and windows in the spring and the fall. But in the winter, you shut everything up. So all right. the air that's inside that house is meant to stay in there. And one thing we don't take into account is how that affects our indoor air quality. A lot of the new homes that are built are built so tight without any type of a fresh air intake that it could potentially cause a problem. And when we go into a, a house that has some you know moisture issues or, or things that are a result of a tight house, then I can usually smell it right when we walk in the door. Or it's the cat box. <laughs> Could be. The secret is it's a delicate balance between the insulation and ventilation, and we always recommend getting an HVAC contractor involved uh, to tell you if your system is sized right and, and if you have a way, if you already have a fresh air intake, if you do not, if they recommend that. If you don't have a fresh air intake, on your HVAC system, the stat is up to forty percent of the air in your house probably came from somewhere below. So if you don't have mm-hmm. a conditioned basement, then that means the air probably came from your crawl space if you take the stack effect into account. There are a couple of things that you can do to retrofit or or fix this problem. One is a heat recovery ventilator, which is a fancy word for a fresh air intake. <laughs> and those can be uh those can be retrofitted. They also make something if you'd like to look into it further called an energy recovery. Uh, ventilator, And that's the same thing as a fresh air intake, but it also allows moisture transfer. So if you have a humidity problem, that's the route you want to take. All
2: right. Now, that sounds like a pretty big deal to undertake. You'd have to have an HVAC specialist come in. Are there some things that the homeowner can do right now that doesn't cost a lot or cost yep. anything to help reduce
3: the issues of yes, air sir. and getting sick from stale air? Absolutely. A lot of these are no-brainers, um, and and what I would like to think is common sense. But you know, I have three kids, and I wonder, <laughs> I wonder what's going through their mind all the time. But <laughs> common uh, sense ain't. Yeah, something that you really need to be mindful of is you frequently sanitize commonly handled items, uh, remote control. As much as we don't like to admit that we watch TV a lot, everybody grabs that that common remote to turn on their favorite show. They put it down, walk out of the room, and then the next family member follows suit. So it, it's always good to sanitize the remote. I know that sounds like a silly thing to do, but a can of Lysol can go a long way through the winter if it prevents you know the transfer of uh, germs and. Doorknobs are another thing. I know that goes without saying, but if you're going to pick your can of Lysol up and hit the remote, you may as well hit the doorknobs. And something that we do, we have an upstairs and downstairs. I hit all the handrails because Mm -hmm. everybody grabs the handrail. And the porous surfaces like a handrail get taken for granted. You think it's got polyurethane on it, but as that polyurethane wears off, you know it becomes more porous just like the original piece of wood. Your, your cell phone. I know that's not really related to your house, but be mindful of your phone because it's always near your face, especially if you're the one sick. You know, cleaning your phone often is a, is a big thing. Detox your flat surfaces often. Those often incubate more germs and, and viruses. And they can, they say they can hold, uh, uh, germs before they die for about 30 minutes or so. So if you have different people rotating in at a kitchen counter, that's something that you need to be mindful in and, and just overclean it. Um, This is a a biggie financially, but if you do have a lot of problems with everybody sick in the house, switching to copper fixtures. And I didn't realize that copper fixtures kill bacteria, but the EPA also says brass and bronze do the exact same thing. But I didn't know that. That's a, I had no idea. That's why I never get sick when I'm around my still. A kitchen trick that we use, we take our scrubber and our sponge and we basically run it through the dishwasher every time we do a cycle. And that keeps the one thing that touches all the dishes, which may have germs on it, you know, clean right along with the dishes. The things that you can do in terms of how the house works is you choose an HVAC filter, you choose an HVAC filter with a high MERV rating. It's minimum efficiency reporting value. But right there on the package, it should have the MERV rating. I believe that a 13 is about as high as you can go. Um, so if, if you change your filters out in the winter, it's not necessarily in the the summer or the spring, but in the wintertime, that high MERV rating is worth paying a little bit extra for. Uh, on my personal house, we have something called a media filter. So our filter is mounted right there on the air handler. And the reason I did that, uh not knowing that it was gonna be better for cleaning the, the air of the house, but um, I did that so that you don't have that whistling sound. So if you've ever mm-hmm. when the the return kicks on, you know, normally the filters in there. If it's clogged up any at all, you'll have the whistling sound and people just get used to it. Yeah. So this media filter usually is about four to five inches thick where those regular filters average about one inch in thickness. So that extra uh, that extra width on the filter will allow it to collect more than than the one-inch filter, and that results in a three-month turnaround time. So where I always recommend people change their filters out monthly, you can get as much as three, you know, maybe four months out of these media filters. That does require a little extra cost. It requires an HVAC contractor to get in there and install that right there on the system. And we have a basement, so fortunately we don't have to get under a house to change it out. And we take our filter out, and I take an air compressor, and I actually blow the filter out backwards and it's like brand new. So I only average about two of those a year. So just as a disclaimer, if you did take the media filter approach, one thing that you don't want to do is have a media filter down on the unit and still put the 1-inch filter right there at oh, the grill. A double filter, wouldn't it? Double filter, and it sounds great, but it actually puts so much of a strain on the unit that you will decrease the lifespan of your air handler if you do that. So another measure you can take is a whole uh, – Really? <laughs> I
2: think that's going to extremes, Donnie, but, hey, you're the expert.
3: All right. Another measure you can take is a whole home air purifier, and they say that that can take care of it as much as 99% of airborne particles. Um, A neat trick that I read up on is that you can turn all the lights out in a room, you know, after dark, and turn a flashlight on, and that will usually give you an indicator of whether or not you really need to do something about it or take a measure like a whole home air purifier, I also got my son for Christmas a Uh laser,
2: one of the higher powered ones. It can't like pop a balloon or set the curtains on fire, but it's this bright green and we're Uh in a dark room. He turned it on and he was like, what are all those things glittering? And I said, that's dust. It wasn't that much, but Uh still, it was a great example to see how much dirt or dust is in a room just normally, even if your system's working fine and the
3: filtration's good. Absolutely. It'll make you go want to put on a dust mask after (laughs) you see what might be floating around that you weren't aware of. A lot of these air purifiers, they have a UV option. So if you've ever heard uh, how popular the UV rays were back 10 years ago when they they built up a lot of steam as far as being um, a killer of bacteria and a UV light, Actually, is uh, isn't a, a thing that you hear a lot about, but I spoke to my HVAC contractor, and he explained to me that they do about one or two of these a year. It's not very common, so if you have a problem with allergies and you just can't afford to have any kind of bacteria or you just can't afford to get sick, it's a measure you could take. It's about, uh, I want to say, less than a $1,000 for the kit and the installation labor, but it goes right there on your coils. And uh, when we were in conversation about this, he talked to me about something that I thought was very interesting, and I have never heard about this, but have you ever heard anything about Dirty Sock Syndrome? No. Was it on, like, a Discovery Channel or no, something? It sounds like it. When, when he was telling me about it, I immediately typed it in, and before I could I, – I typed in Dirty Sock and the letter S, and it popped up. All these results for dirty sock syndrome. Amen. Tell me. Okay. Explain, please. So, basically, what happens is you have some source of moisture or bacteria or mold that is able to infiltrate the interior portion of your heating and air system. Uh, we did a show a while back on duct sealing and the importance of duct sealing. Well, this is something that can happen if your ducts are not properly sealed. Uh, basically, the, the bacteria gets on your coil inside your unit and it grows on the coil. So, when it grows on that coil and uh, uh, the air passes by the coil to take the conditioned air out of the supply lines, it smells like a, a locker room is what he said. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's horrendous. When he said that, I said, well, okay, what do you do? How do you prevent it? And, of course, duct sealing is a, is a biggie. Um, and so older homes are usually the culprits, but he said on a newer home it can happen as well. The one thing they had to do is change the coil out on one particular case he mentioned and... When they changed the coil out, there was something to do with uh, the humidity and where the house was and the amount of direct light it got from the outside that were were all effects of this, but they actually – Had the coil, before they put the new coil in, they actually had the coil dipped in bronze. Back to the brass and bronze and copper. Exactly. And so that eliminated the possibility of any bacteria growing on that coil in the future. And I just thought that that's one of those things. If you have a a funky smell uh, in your place, that, that definitely calls for an HVAC contractor to come out and check that coil because not only does it smell bad, it's unhealthy.
2: Well, I'll give you one other hint. We do it at the Smith household. If somebody has a cold, we give them their own box of tissue. Yeah. And just take a magic marker and write their name on it. Oh, genius. Because what that child or if it's your spouse is grabbing the same box, they're contagious and stuff, and then you don't mix up Kleenex boxes. Absolutely. That's my input here. Donnie gave you 99 things. I gave you one. (laughs) Mine just requires a magic marker.
3: Yeah, and I'll probably do
2: yours before I do these other ones. So, (laughs) And that's how the Carolina Contractor Show works. He gives you a bunch of stuff and I just put a bow on top of it and make life easy for you. Thanks, coming Eric. up next, the thing that Donnie does best is answer your questions about your house, inside, outside, top to bottom. If you've got one, go to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. There's a Ask the Contractor button. You click on that button, fill out your information and your question. Donnie's the only one that gets it, and he will answer them, and sometimes he ends up coming out to your house yep, a lot of invited. Time. Yep. Of course. Only. So we're going to answer some questions that you submitted to the CarolinaContractor.com website next.
1: We'll be back with more of the Carolina Contractor Show. Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the
0: job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered.
1: Welcome back to the Carolina Contractor Show, brought to you by GAF, the world's largest roofing manufacturer. We protect what matters most, and Mid Atlantic Roofing Supply in Raleigh, a roofing supplier with a different approach.
2: We're getting ready to answer some questions submitted at the website by people just like you. The CarolinaContractor.com is the website, and there's a button on there. It says "Ask the Contractor." Might as well say "Ask Donnie of Suretop Roofing." You click on that. Fill it out and send in your question. He'll answer it, reply to it. Sometimes he'll come out to your house or the property you have a question about. And you're on Facebook, and you're starting up an Instagram
3: site too, Donnie? Yes, sir, we are. We uh, started an Instagram site, I guess, about a month or so ago, and mm-hmm. uh, we're just uploading a lot of our popular shows on there and it uh, doesn't really have a way where you can click and listen through Instagram. So it's a little bit of a different social media platform, but there's a big segment of the population where they are on there every day. So we just want to reach out to, to everybody in their preferred social media category. The Carolina Contractor on Instagram.
2: You can also download shows at the Facebook site and on um, iTunes, uh, Google and the I Media podcast platform. All right. You ready for your questions now? I guess so. Just printed them off. Question number one for Donnie of Sure Top Roofing. On metal roofs,
3: is it correct to do the screws on the flat part or the ribs? Yep. Have you heard this before? Have you ever taken notice on them? Well, there's different kinds of metal, and what they're referring to is... uh Exposed fastener. So the slang. What is, I'm
2: thinking about right now are, are ribs. Ribs, right. I'm just hungry. Yeah. Now. So this is maybe backfired a little, but yeah, those continue
3: are, on with the real question about right. metal roofs. So um the concealed fastener versus the exposed fastener. Concealed fastener often is uh, means you don't see any screws or any kind of fastener when you look at the roof from the ground, and that's a standing seam roof, and that's the preferred uh, that's the preferred material when you're talking about metal, but a less expensive version that's often comparable to architectural shingles is the exposed fastener, and the slang is screw-down metal mm-hmm. for that. So you see those screws, and basically, once that screw is gone through the metal and into the wood, there's a washer between the head of that screw and the metal. That is your waterproofing agent only. So the popular debate is why would you put it? On the flat part, when you could put it up on the rib. So, technically, water's running down the roof. It runs more on the flat than on the rib because right. the rib's raised an average of about an inch. Mm-hmm. And, um. To be honest, if I didn't know any better, I would think the same thing. Right. So there are a couple applications like a shed or something that you don't have heated living space underneath where that might be okay. And that way you're saying, if I have this barn area and it gets a leak, there's nothing that's going to be damaged. But for the long haul, the powers that be recommend that you go on the flat part that allows that washer to get a 100 percent. Uh, 360 degree seal around the area where it's screwed through. Mm-hmm. So the alternative is to put that in that rib. Now, if you can imagine this metal is not very thick. It's 29 gauge on average. Uh, when you put that screw down on the rib, what you can do is actually over tighten the screw and it will deform that rib or or cause it to bend down, and in and, and some of these ribs, it's a 5V metal. It's in the shape of a V, so you're basically flattening out the V area, and you actually make a, a spot for water to accumulate, so it's almost guaranteed that it will leak eventually. It may not in the beginning, but that washer... Deforming down on that rib or just, uh, the screw being over tightened is, is a problem waiting to happen up until about 10 years ago. Nobody really had an opinion. It was just up to the installer in the field. And you know, the, the big metal manufacturers all came to an agreement that putting the screw in the flat is the way to go. It's also worth noting that it affects the wind warranty as well. So you get a better wind warranty when the screw is through the flat, because if you can imagine you're fastening flat piece of metal to a flat piece of plywood so it's a little bit of a tighter seal whereas if you go through that rib you have an inch of that screw below the rib before it goes into the wood so there's just not as tight of a, sense. a of the screw thread bite and does sure top roofing do metal roofs we do all the time sir
2: very cool so yeah. if you are interested in a metal roof you can visit suretoproofing.com and uh, set up an appointment with donnie and his crew question numero two <laughs> what is the best temperature to have our water heater on And this is specifically electric, if that
3: matters. A lot of times from the factory, these water heaters come preset at 140 degrees. The Department of Energy recommends if you have a tank-based hot water heater, which is what these folks have, that you set it to 120 degrees. So I'm probably going to go outside of uh, what they recommend and say what I think on this. But (laughs) 120 degrees is just not that hot of a shower. We have a family of five, so... As you drain that hot water down, it takes a while for the water heater to heat the water back right. up. And, uh, not Very hot water <laughs> Not hot water heater. It's a water heater. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, uh, a lot of times they come from the factory <laughs> at 140 because the factory wants you to like your water heater. They don't so much care about how efficient it is and how high your power bill is. That said, I have mine set on 150 plus because our master bedroom shower is the furthest fixture from the water heater. So Mm. our water heater is in our basement has to go up past the first floor and up to the second floor and over to our master shower. So a lot of times the water will lose a few degrees in that path of travel. And I just cranked it up enough. Now that the kids are older and nobody's going to scald themselves, mm-hmm. I cranked it up enough to where my wife and I can have a hotter shower. Well, you know, turning it up to 150 may seem excessive. 140 is not bad. Um, I read that a 20 degree difference makes about a ten percent difference in your utility bill. So if you're talking about a water heater that costs three hundred dollars a year to run mm-hmm. as its portion of your utility bill. That's not much. No, thirty or forty bucks just to have a hotter shower is well worth it. I work hard enough for that. And uh crank it up. Uh, since we're on water heaters, I know we talked about this a few weeks ago, but mm-hmm. um if you want to save money on your water heater, you know, have have an electrician put your water heater on a timer. It doesn't have to heat your water all night long. You can have it to start at, you know, four or five a.m. So you get your morning shower and then cut off after say 10 or 11 when no one's going to use it. And if you right. think about it, that's about a third of its life right there. Um, another thing, if you leave town, you don't need hot water while you're gone, flip the breaker. It's as simple as that. That was one of the most genius ideas I've ever heard because we've all taken a
2: vacation of a week or so. Mm-hmm. Turn off stuff you don't need. I never would have thought of turning off your water heater while on vacation. Yes, sir. Unless you have a dog like mine that takes hot showers every day. (laughs) That would upset him. Uh, Question number three submitted to thecarolinacontractor.com. Donnie, we want to finish the space above our garage. What
3: steps should we take to get started? This is a a long answer, but I'll just hit the high spots. I went out and looked at what they had, and the first thing you want to look for is uh, what kind of floor system they're going to have in that area. So usually if the garage isn't finished, it's as simple as walking in the garage and looking up there, Mm -hmm. but we had to do some measuring, and we found out that these folks only had two by eight as their ceiling joist, which would double as the floor joist in the space overhead. uh, But they did not prepare it for the um, for the live and the dead load that would be required to use it as a living space. So uh, there's some engineering that's going to be involved. They're still going to move forward with it, but it costs a lot less if whoever built the house prepared for that in the future. And a lot of times if these areas aren't accessible from the get-go, then most likely they did not plan for you to live up there. Uh, this particular one has a really steep roof pitch, so plenty of headroom up there. It uh, wasn't very accessible, but there's plenty of room for a set of steps. And it's something that they're going to be able to do, but it's going to add an extra several thousand dollars to re-engineer this floor system and add what they need. Another thing that you can look for is uh, what kind of rafters they have up there. If if the rafters are a two-by-six in some cases, you know that's not going to be enough of a rafter cavity to get a baffle and a piece of insulation that will meet code in there. So You know, unless you're doing this off the record, I don't think that a two by six rafter will, will cut it. Normally they're looking for a two by 10 and there are some ways to get dense bat insulation that will work for a two by eight. You know, you're going to need about an inch for the baffle and, uh, and enough room to, to pack that bat on the backside of that. I guess the last thing you could look for is how you would get your electricity. So you need to find an electrical source and that's probably a good walkthrough to have with an electrician. So they can tell you, Hey, this is doable or you're going to have to add a sub panel and just what the cost uh of that would be. So, you know, there's several things that can swing you by several hundred dollars right there. And I think the most important thing before you take any steps, have any plans drawn mm-hmm. or pay anybody to do the work is talk to your local municipality about the requirements. You can call these inspectors usually between eight and nine in the morning. They take calls, return calls, and then from four to five in the afternoon, they wrap up and return the calls from the day. So catching an, an inspector just for a few informal questions could save you a lot of time and a lot of money.
2: There's a lot of people with those garages you look up, those high ceilings vaulted ceilings and it's just wasted space wasted. that you could use hey this is a side note but is it true that like on bonus rooms to for something to qualify as a bedroom mm-hmm. you just have to have a closet built in or is uh, that an old wives tale
3: the closet built in no that's true that's true you can it can qualify as a bedroom but uh, your septic tank is also measured by the number of bedrooms that you have in the house so mm-hmm. you got there's there's several things that work in conjunction with the other so if you add a bedroom you have to have the appropriate amount of lateral lines to service your septic field and that sort of thing. All right. Just pop the weirdest yeah. things pop up. No, in my that's head. a good no. question.
2: Interesting. All right. Last question submitted to the contractor.com was, are there ways to retrofit and soundproof interior walls? Set up the, uh, the scenario here for this question.
3: So this gentleman reached out and he has two children, uh, who have rooms that are adjacent, meaning they back up to each other and, uh, one kid is older than the other one. So one has a later bedtime than the other. Mm-hmm. The problem is the younger child can hear the older child shuffling around because there's no interior wall insulation there. So, uh, he reached out to me and said, Hey, is this, is there any reasonable Way to to get this done because it's it's a really big pain in the neck uh, <laughs> daily. Yeah. And, uh, and and so the cheapest thing to do insulation is just so cheap when you're in the building phase. If you're building your house, a rule of thumb that I always followed is I always insulated around my bathrooms when I would build a house. Obviously, you need more privacy in the bathroom than you may in a bedroom. This particular case, they did that, but they did not insulate between all the bedrooms. And when I say it's a really cheap thing to do, I mean, you're talking a few hundred dollars to insulate these interior walls with bad insulation during the construction process. But in terms of retrofit options, basically what he's trying to do is keep noise confined in a room and and not transfer any any kind of vibration over to the other. So really the only thing he can do at this point is... That's not very evasive is he could double the sheetrock, uh, on both sides of the wall. So that would leave you, you know, a total of two inches of, of sheetrock plus an empty wall cavity. Um, I, I haven't seen this done, but I know it's an option. Uh, insulation companies do a retrofit method called drill and fill mm-hmm. and usually they do it on the, the envelope of the house and they do it from the outside. They'll take a piece of siding off all the way around the house. Drill holes in every bay, every 16 inches, mm-hmm. and they will fill that cavity up with insulation. So an older home that doesn't have insulation, that's the cheapest, easiest way to do it. Now, that said, if you fill that cavity up with spray foam, uh, I'm not sure how much that's going to be, but I would guess in the neighborhood of six, eight hundred bucks to have an insulation contractor come in. And it may be something where you could remove a piece of crown mold at the top and go in from the top and not have very many things to cover up, but I'm not so sure for that amount of money, you're going to get the end result that you want.
2: And the other thing we talked about spray foam is, I guess, once it's in those walls, Mm -hmm. if you ever wanted to run wiring or something, Mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to just drop a wire if you fill it up with foam insulation that's now, exactly right. it's, that's, it's kind of a permanent thing you're yeah, going to
3: do. Yeah, that's a drawback. It's one of the only drawbacks of spray foam insulation. And they make a couple of it's a mat. It's a, a three foot roll of vinyl, basically. And if you were to double up the drywall, I would recommend doing the vinyl mat between the drywall where the, the drywall cuts down on the noise transmission. The vinyl supposedly cuts down on the vibration. And I've never done one of these with a retrofit. But, you know, I thought maybe I would take some notes in the studio today. And all we have is a. Bunch of egg crates in here.
2: Well, but you don't know what we've done behind the walls and stuff, and it's set up. But a recording studio is definitely more thought because you also have to consider uh-huh. the ceiling above you, right. the floor, the doors, the framing around the doors. We have some of those insulated because mm-hmm. of what you're talking about. Right. A metal frame can duck sound and can transfer sound that hits the frame on the outside into the studio, so we have to insulate those frames. There's yeah. a lot of stuff to make a room soundproof, but for this listener's
3: question – I think what you gave yep. was probably the simplest thing. I told this guy that the cheapest and easiest way is to tell the older child they better be quiet or they have to go to bed at the same time as the younger child.
2: <laughs> Hit that website, thecarolinacontractor.com. And also, Donnie's starting up the Instagram page so you can get information and, and lots of pictures if you want to look at those. That's The Carolina contractor on Instagram.
3: You just hit the little search button, the magnifying glass and type in the Carolina contractor. Also uh, our Facebook page has been going since day one. Mm -hmm. So everything we do uh, basically funnels through Facebook. That seems to be our, uh, most broad reach on social media, and, and I'm just very grateful for all the people who interact with us and uh, send us these questions. We've got a lot of recurring customers. We've got several folks who have approached us about sponsorships here lately. So, um, you know, the word's getting out, and, and a lot of these folks are all local companies that want to advertise their product, and we vet these people, and, and hopefully we can uh, form some good partnerships here and, and get some good information out regarding these local companies.
2: And to throw one more website at you, suretoproofing.com. That's Donnie's uh, roofing business. If you have a question about your house or your roof, you want to know if it needs to be replaced or fixed, you've had damage to it, you got winter coming up, you're wondering why why is my attic so drafty? These are all things that Donnie and Suretop Roofing can help you with, so you can go to Suretop Roofing com and schedule a free appointment with Donnie and his crew. But the thing is, when Donnie comes out to your house and looks at your roof, the best thing he can tell you is what. Your roof looks great. Call me next week. Thanks for
1: listening to the Carolina Contractor Show, presented by Shore Top Roofing. Submit your questions online at thecarolinacontractor.com. And tune in next week as we continue to help you make your home great again.
0: Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers, providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered.